Welcome back to Tell Me How You Really Feel. So, I've been going out a lot recently. I don't have a job. I mean, a full-time job. I have some time on my hands. I'm putting a lot of effort into my social life, which is great. I love my friends. I love trying new places. I love going out and having an amazing time. However, with that, I feel like I've noticed how prominent alcohol is in my life. It's everywhere from going to bars with coworkers to having a glass of wine with dinner to going to somebody's house and not knowing what present to bring. So buying alcohol on the way last minute. And with that, it got me thinking about the role that alcohol plays in my life. I have never really considered how much I drink and I don't really love drinking that much. So it's never been top of mind for me. But I will say that I definitely like having a drink or two or a few when I go out with my friends. That being said, I do not think having a good time hinges on drinking, but it definitely can in a lot of cases enhance the experience. I know I am somebody who's very anxious and having a drink with people that I don't know really relieves my anxiety, Um, but I don't at all feel reliant on it. I do feel like alcohol is everywhere that I look and that's not necessarily a bad thing, but it's definitely a reality of getting older. You know, when I was in high school, when I was in college, I was kind of forced to be around alcohol because I went to a party school. I like to go out. And so it was kind of synonymous with going out that there's obviously going to be alcohol. Now, as somebody who's living their post-grad life, I guess drinking is a little bit different in the sense of all of the questions of how many drinks do I buy? Nobody wants to pay for my $14 drink. I don't even want to pay for my $14 drink. Am I drinking too much? Are the people around me going to think that I'm drinking too much? And then it just kind of becomes all encompassing. Thinking about how much you're drinking, thinking about how other people are drinking, thinking about how people are perceiving your drinking. It's really overwhelming and something that I never really thought about in adulthood. So this week, I really wanted to focus on social drinking and how different people experience it and handle it and the advice that they have to have. So that is the topic for this week's episode. I also think that it's valuable to just acknowledge that it is weird that alcohol is really normalized in our lives. Like, I don't know why we don't talk about how weird it is. It's a poison and it's like this super social like it's beautiful in a lot of ways sharing a drink with somebody is beautiful but it's it is weird that it's like what we're putting into us is ultimately really bad I mean you can say that about a lot of things it does mentally like incapacitate you you can't drive when you're drinking you shouldn't drive when you're drinking but we all just kind of like talk about it like oh let's grab a drink let's do this and I think the normalization of that is something that is never really examined and just something I wanted to bring light to but anyway I digress. So I'm super excited for this week's episode. We have a very special guest who's our expert. So please stay tuned. Keep interacting with the Tim Herf 
Instagram and rate and review wherever you get your podcast um, so more people listen. And yeah, I hope everybody enjoys this week's episode. My name is Maris. I'm 25 years old. I am working for a liquor brand that I'm going to keep nameless. And if you know what brand I work for, if you know me, these opinions are of my own and not of my brands. I personally was like a big party girl at college. That was my reputation. Everybody knew it. It's not like I was going out and ruining my life and doing insane things. I just, I was that friend senior spring that was texting in the group chat being like this is our last semester this is one of the few nights we have left like if you're not going out tonight like you should feel bad and you should be taking every in last second and that was that was me I was that friend college was very different but at this point I'm I'm 25 I'm three or four years post-grad I feel as though everyone my age is much more relaxed and casual about it if you asked me a year ago I wouldn't have said that but 25 we're at the point where the hangovers hit a little bit harder it's expensive to go out and and spend all your money on martinis espresso martinis my name is Haley. i'm 29 years old and i stopped drinking in march and i thought about stopping drinking probably five years prior to that but continued to do what everyone else does i'm rafi i'm 23 i recently graduated college so my thoughts on social drinking have definitely changed very drastically in the past six to eight months I'd say coming from college, social drinking is definitely like, <laughs> I mean, you know, it's it's a it's a huge thing. And I was never that much into it. Freshman and sophomore year, you know, everyone kind of does their own thing. But definitely junior and senior year, I was just like, OK, I can go out, but I don't really feel the need to have a drink if I don't want to. So it's gotten even more down that road in terms of like not needing to drink ever since I graduated, especially because I'm still living at home. I'm going to be moving to the city soon, you know. So that's going to change probably, but I'm definitely not an anomaly, I think, among our generation in terms of shifting attitudes on social drinking. You know, you get into the real world and you have a job that you have to be responsible for. That being said, obviously, my job is revolved around liquor. I'm literally in the, the industry. As fun as my job is, I'm I'm exposed to a lot of fun events and, and great people and, and great brands and products, but it's a lot. If I'm going to an event on a random Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, like I'm having a drink, whether it's one, whether it's a couple. Do I love drinking at a work event? Like one drink is great, but I feel like there can be a lot of pressure to just like have one or two, which I don't love. I did start drinking when I was like 15. So did the whole high school, went to a lot of parties. That was just what I was doing. Like I was a party girl. That's what I like to do. And then I went to college, same thing. But even in high school, like when I would drink, I would get so sick. So I would always throw up. It matter if I had five or if I had 15, like alcohol just never um, settled very well with me. So then I kind of just continued to keep doing it because that's what everybody does, especially like living in New York, you party, like that's all that you do. And so I was spending a lot of my time drinking, not remembering what was happening and then throwing up the next day and not being able to do anything and live my life. So then I turned probably 26 and I was like, this is not like, I can't keep living my life like this, go out. And then I'm out and then I'm sleeping for three days or whatever it might be. So then in March of this year, I went to a coworker's birthday party and I had seven beers over seven hours, waters in between, like nothing crazy. 
And then I was throwing up for three days. And that was the last time that I drank because I was like, I can't do this anymore. So I have like sleep issues and whatnot. And I know that alcohol can really negatively impact your sleep. And so I tried to cut it out more and more just to help me sleep better. And I found that it helped. That was kind of the initial reason that I, you know, wanted to stop drinking as much, but also just it makes me feel bad in the morning. You know, I can have like maybe one or two beers and then I'm like past that point. It's not like I can't handle it, but I know in the morning that I'm going to feel really terrible. You know, my reasons are always changing. One thing I've noticed that you don't, you don't need to be logically consistent with yourself uh, to do these things. You can kind of just say, yeah, I just don't feel like doing it and you don't really need a reason for it. So yeah, that's that's kind of how I'm approaching it now. I didn't really realize that I didn't have any hobbies until I stopped drinking, which I know sounds insane, but it, it's true when it's like just your entire reality, like everyone around because transparently, I have like maybe three people in my life that don't drink and those people are a lot older than I am. So I don't know anyone my age at this moment in time, I need to find other friends. I love my friends, but I need to find other friends that can relate to how I'm feeling. That was going to be my next question. Like, how has it been with your friends and kind of adjusting? I've changed what I have been doing with some of my friends because like now I'll go to workout classes with some of them because like I'm closer with them and like we'll go to dinners and like we won't drink. Not that I care when everyone drinks. That is fine by me. But I think it's just like the things that I have started to do with my friends have changed. And a lot of that has come from like my end because I don't always want to go and sit in a bar. Do I do that? Uh, yes, of course. Like uh, I will do that. I'm fine to do that. But it's not something that I want to be always continuously doing. Like there's so much more out there. Do you feel like working for an alcohol company has at all like impacted the way you think about drinking in general? Like has it changed your perspective? I I think it's definitely changed the way I think about it because I think I feel like sitting down and having a drink with someone can really help you connect with people. But another thing is in college, I was like, yeah, vodka's vodka. I'll, I'll drink whatever's in front of me. And, you know, the cheaper, the better. Honestly, it's not like I have 50 bucks to buy a handle of something expensive on hand at that age. But you can really taste the difference in the way brands produce their product. And I learn about how, for example, some tequilas have additives, which actually makes it not qualify as a real tequila. It's just like tequila flavored liquor and stuff like that is really interesting to me because it's just the way brands are marketed towards consumers. But at this point, top shelf liquors and like high end expensive stuff aren't necessarily the best. Like you want to look into like the process and what's actually in your product. I'd rather have like a true tequila that is like 100% blue agave, like made in, I think it's, it's, I know it's certain regions of Mexico and I'm not going to try and pronounce them because I'm going to butcher it. There are definitely people, I mean, especially coming from Tulane, where it's a big party school. There are people that feel like they can't have fun unless you're drinking and their fun is somehow dependent on your drinking. You know, now I really don't feel like I have to explain myself as much I can just say like yeah I don't I don't want to like I'm an adult if someone is you know upset that I'm not having a drink you know that's on them they they can feel some type of way about it but I don't feel like it inhibits me to have fun with people I, I can have as much fun as I want to when I'm going out with people and I'm not really drinking yeah I had some situations where people made me feel like you know I had to drink but like overall it wasn't that big of a thing and ultimately like you're going to be thinking about it more than other people are going to be thinking about it you know it's a lot of like self-imposed like oh my god everyone's going to be noticing that I'm not drinking when in reality it's really not that big of a deal like if you have like a red solo cup like no one can really tell what's in it like you could just pour like diet coke or whatever chaser you have or you can just pour water in it like no one's going to question it and so at the beginning you do feel more conscious of it but then as you go on you have one drink and then you just like stop no one's gonna 
No one's going to say anything because ultimately they don't really care. People are way more concerned about what they're doing and how they look than they are about what you're doing. Oh, I'm at a client event. Like, do I have to have a drink to like fit into this work setting? I don't like I'll get a mocktail just to have a drink. But then I feel like I have to have a conversation explaining why I'm having a mocktail when I shouldn't have to. People just look at you like you have 10 heads. You're not getting a drink. I'm like, no, I don't want one. It is weird that there has to be some sort of justification. The societal pressure is definitely there. Even where I grew up at home in New Jersey, the entire county, everyone just thinks it's normal to be like obliterated at all times. And so then like when it's normalized, an entire huge group, a county of people or whatever, you're around it, it becomes normal. But I'm the one that's crazy because I'm not doing that. Like, I'm not getting blacked out drunk and like conforming to what everyone else. I think a lot of it's like projection, honestly. It's like other people projecting their feelings onto drinking however they feel about it onto me because I'm not drinking. Just say if anyone's out there, you know, listening and feeling like they, you know, have to drink to seem, you know, cool or whatever. It's complete nonsense you can do whatever the hell you want you you are the master of your universe you do not have to drink to seem cool you can make whatever decisions you want about your body and especially what goes into it don't feel pressure to do anything you don't want to do especially when it comes to drinking because that can lead to some dangerous stuff my outlook on life is life is short i could get hit by a bus tomorrow or climate change could wipe me out five years down the road i'm here for a good time not a long time I'm going to have a drink with my friends, whether it's one, whether it's five. When you're not surrounded by people that aren't drinking, you think it's almost impossible, which sounds crazy, but it is possible. And I think it's easier than people think. I wish I did this when I was 21, 22 years old, honestly, because like I wasted a lot of my life sleeping, being hungover. I'm Eric Leventhal. I'm happy to be here with my daughter, Ava Leventhal, who is currently interviewing me for this podcast because I'm a psychotherapist in private practice. And I work with a lot of people over the years who have had addiction and substance abuse issues. So I got a lot of training in alcohol and substance abuse at Bellevue Hospital, where I worked for 11 and a half years with a population that has a lot of generally speaking, has a lot of addiction and mental health issues. So certainly at Bellevue, I got a lot of experience and then I've worked with a lot of clinicians over the years that specialize in substance abuse. So I've run groups privately and in my private practice, I see a a lot of people with alcohol and substance abuse issues. Certainly there's a lot of drinking that goes on in college and certainly there's a lot of drinking that goes on in the years after college, right? And some of it has to do with people transitioning to adulthood. They may continue the habits that they've developed in college as it relates to drinking and not necessarily transition them appropriately into the real world. So it gets a little tricky. In college, there's fewer consequences that you pay or for, for excess drink. But I've worked with many people who have had significant consequences, even in college. So yeah, I would say in your early 20s, it is a time where, I mean, not everybody drinks and not everybody drinks to excess, but do I see a lot of it? Yes. I think that a lot of the time in our 20s, we have a tough time discerning what like excess is. Mm-hmm. So as... A therapist, how do you help your patients determine? Yeah, that's a good question. So, I mean, when you're drinking to excess or problematic drinking, I would say a number of things start to happen. One is 
it starts to impact your relationship with people. Drinking, you know, can alter your mood, alter the way you feel. Um, I think you, when it becomes too valued, overvalued by you, you know, your behaviors can become erratic. Um, if you spend a lot of time thinking about drinking, getting alcohol, doing the activity and then recovering from it, you might see a lot, your grades if you're in college suffer, your work life certainly will suffer. Violence, you know, people can actually get into fights, people can actually fall, hurt themselves, get concussions. I mean, all kinds of consequences start to happen when you're drinking. You can be aware of those consequences and continue to drink, mm -hmm. which I think a lot of people do. Mm -hmm. How have you experienced your patients coming to terms with the fact that they drink too much? Because I think in your 20s, it's really hard to tell when you like have a problem or not. Mm -hmm. Most people who are coming to therapy for drinking, there's usually a negative consequence that has occurred. Like they got into a fight with somebody, literally a fist fight, because maybe they were out uninhibited and some, you know, anger came out. Um, I've also seen somebody uh, get in trouble with the administration from college because they were acting rowdy on campus, vandalizing signs and things that got them to the attention of the campus police who brought them to the um, mental health, you know, substance abuse center and had to deal with the consequences of like having mandated therapy to, for, to deal with, with their actions. So usually the people who make it to therapy for alcohol related, there's some sort of problem. So then, I guess on the flip side, what would be your advice to people that aren't in therapy and don't necessarily think they have a problem per right, se, right. but alcohol is a big part of their life and they see somewhat adverse effects? When it starts to take over, it's kind of insidious that it can creep up on you without knowing it. So you're right, it is possible to have just like more of a lifestyle that centers around alcohol. Blacking out, for example, that is one thing I've observed about your generation as opposed to maybe my generation, that it seems like blacking out is like desirable. And as an indicator of a problem, blacking out, blacking out with any regularity is really starting, you're starting to really get into problematic territory. Because it's just not a healthy way of viewing alcohol. You talk to a lot of people who, have, who are problem drinkers who can't stop, and they'll say, like, once I have, and they'll cut the X, like, once I have four, I feel like a click inside of me, and it's like, I can't stop myself. So I would say, you know, what can people do? One of the things people can do is know your body and know how your body reacts, and to not get to a place where you have that extra drink that pushes you into the area of, I can't now stop myself. What's your professional advice to young people who are around a lot of drinking and don't really know how to handle it? And this is gonna sound so self-serving, but I would say, if you're succumbing to peer pressure, I would say, talk to a therapist, I mean, 
having a strong sense of self is necessary in this world. And so you need to know yourself and then be comfortable asserting what you want to do. And if your friendship is so based on you using or not with a certain group of people, that's problematic. So I, I think there may be a bigger issue there in terms of learning to assert yourself appropriately. And then what would you say to people who are trying to figure out their sobriety and maybe like are scared to be sober because of the social repercussions? It's kind of inappropriate for somebody to be questioning why you're not ordering a drink. So like if you're at a table and everybody's ordering alcohol or drinking wine and you want to order a club soda, it's kind of inappropriate for that person to say why you drinking a club soda. I find that the people who want to be sober, who have become sober and are, are in business meetings, do not typically have a problem. That they've, they've openly shared that with me. And they've openly said they thought it might be problematic or they were concerned it would be problematic. You know, many people nowadays also might even freely say, I'm sober. Like I would say, you just got to be confident in your choice. I don't think people should be put in a position to have to justify why they're not drinking. And then my last question is, what are your feelings on the fact that alcohol is just so like normal? If one can learn to drink in moderation and have a re responsible relationship with alcohol, it's a very pleasurable thing if you happen to to like it, it's a very pleasurable thing to be able to uh, take advantage of uh, for your life, you know, as an accompaniment to a meal or do something socially with friends. But again, it's got to be done in moderation. If you can't do it in moderation, that's a problem. But there is something that connects you with other people, like when you share a drink together, sort of like you break bread together. British culture, you know, let's have a pint together. It's a big part of many cultures. It's just all about moderation. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode and a special thanks to our expert, Eric Leventhal. Graphics done by Juliet Katz and theme music done by AJ. And to Maris Kaplan, Rafi Dakin, and Haley Fox for coming on this week's episode. Make sure you keep up with us on the Tim Herf Instagram and tune in next week for a brand new topic.